Give first admittance to the ambassadors. My news shall be the fruit to that great feast. Shannon Camp. I'm Zach Powers. And this is Stage of Fools. The unofficial Royals podcast. Tonight we'll be discussing Season 4, Episode 6, My News Shall Be the Fruit to That Great Feast. Tensions rise at a family dinner celebrating the Queen's birthday, as Liam brings a surprising guest, and Jasper finds out the identity of the man who shot him. So we're officially over the halfway point in what we believe will be the last season of this show. How does it feel? You know, uh, for a few episodes, I thought, even at the end of the last episode, I felt like they they had successfully gotten to a place where I could see where the story was going. They had set it up appropriately, and they weren't going to cram everything in the last few episodes. And then in this episode, they kind of undid a lot of where I thought the story was going. So I don't know where it's going again, (laughs) and there's only four episodes left. And I don't know what the plan is. I don't know what the main conflict of this season is, actually. Not great. I feel like it's just going to be the (laughs) same thing as always, where the last two or three episodes... Everything that should have happened over the course of an entire season happens, even though it seemed like they were setting it up for a big confrontation with Robert. Now I'm not so sure. I'm sort of speechless. I definitely wasn't expecting a bottle episode. It's welcome in the sense that we have all the characters together and it's kind of nice to have what you would think would be some relationship development instead of just strictly you know, soap opera-esque plot machination. But like you alluded to, uh, the ways that the plot does move forward in this episode don't really make sense at all. And of course, this being the Royals, there are some stylistic editing choices that feel designed to drive me personally crazy. Um, I'm speaking, of course, of the Zach Morris-style timeout freeze frame that happened at the beginning of this episode, even though nothing like that has ever happened in the show before. The ups and downs, before we get into the Zach Morris episode, uh, as you could guess from the title, because they love their on-the-nose title, obviously in Hamlet, this quote is meant as a metaphor, but um, metaphor is not the specialty (laughs) of this show. So there is a big feast in honor of Helena's birthday, and almost every character is basically involved in that storyline. So it's mostly one big storyline. They diverge a little bit at the end of the episode, except for a few cutaways to Cyrus that take up, I mean, grand total less than two minutes between all of them, probably. And they're all just gags. Like, nothing happens with Cyrus in this episode. Absolutely nothing. Well, I guess we could, uh, since that's so... Easy to talk about. Uh, We discovered he is still in London. Uh, He's in the Venezuelan embassy, as we suggested uh, last time. He's in there with another political prisoner who turns out to be, I guess, a journalist that Cyrus imprisoned or banished or imprisoned without trial during his reign as king? They say imprisoned. So I guess maybe it's that guy who... I'm curious if it's the same actor as that one. Okay. Cyrus jailed multiple journalists and artists and political thinkers, and we all just need to come to terms with that as a Royals fan base. (laughs) Also, it means that before Robert dissolved the parliament and democracy functionally, the monarch already had the ability to order people imprisoned (laughs) for no charge, seemingly without trial. So the Magna Carta does not, I guess, exist in this particular universe. It has not been done yet. They have not worked out that yet, which is maybe why people were so casual about Robert repealing democracy, because... They don't seem to have much of a democracy (laughs) anyway if the king already has the power to literally just imprison whoever he wants. (laughs) That's pretty close to a monarchy. 
Um, it's just like he, the king doesn't handle the day-to-day, like, foreign affairs shit. And otherwise, he still has all his kingly powers. I think the conceit of the show has always been that the royals actually have power. And it's a huge deal whether there's a monarchy or not. And I've never kind been able to buy the it. the first episode of the first season of the show hinged on that. And that's fair, but that is kind of the... It's like, you know, that screenwriting thing they always say, like, oh, you get to have one crazy thing that, like, sets up your universe. Like, if you're having a vampire movie, you can't have aliens all of a sudden land. The one crazy thing, the royals vampires, if you will, is that the royal, is that the monarchy is relevant. Well, sort of, but, like, the way they address it is, like very sporadic and rare and like even in that first episode he wanted to dissolve the monarchy but they never mentioned the monarchy has like these extreme powers like they never displayed it so you just kind of pick it up as you go along that the monarchs can do these things and every time they do it it's like another thing you're like wait that's something they could do all along yeah, I was actually thinking about this today as I was driving home. I was kind of obsessing over the whole Robert, Robert versus Liam thing because we'll get to it. But in this episode, Robert is made even more morally ambiguous, but not through any conscious choice. It feels like the show is making through like the show's determined, like, I refuse to make a choice. I can have it every which way. He can be good and evil and I can't decide. But I was thinking about how if the show were willing to grapple more with the issue of what is monarchy in England, what would that mean for modern England, how would it affect people's lives, what would a modern monarch with all this power actually be like, and these two brothers who both have claimed the throne one who's very pro-monarchy, not because he's evil, but as a system of government, and one who's anti-monarchy for his own reasons. Like, that's all an interesting idea, but the Royals is not that show, and it, it, will, it never will never be, be that, that show. show. That is so, never going to happen. So occasionally when it does try to be that show, it feels, like, very scattered and random, and you can't figure out what characters' sure. motivations are. It feels like there's a more interesting show underneath the surface about that, That's but why we have have this instead, podcast instead the show is about like jaspinord um <laughs> so let's just dig into the non-cyrus aspects because basically all that happens is cyrus is not having fun having microwave dinners in an embassy the cyrus um, stuff i think they just want us to know he's not dead he's, he's still not off the in show. the show yeah, there was no place for him in this episode but they wanted us to be like no we didn't write him off yeah that makes sense it's helena's birthday first thing we discover right off the bat the person she slept with last episode was Sebastian. And I had my head in my hands. I think maybe that's why she was supposed to have such a shocked expression at the end of the last episode. Not because she was like, I did a sex. <laughs> no, because she was like, I did a sex with my girl, my daughter's other friend. Like every time my daughter makes a friend, I fuck them. I compulsively have sex with them. I mean... Again, there's another more interesting show here about their, like, very toxic mother-daughter relationship where they share all these romantic conquests. But this is not that show. It's more so that the studio audience will go, ooh, and it's Sebastian who's revealed. And we keep predicting that Sebastian will be off the show, and then he just never is. But here's the thing about Sebastian. He's not interesting, so I never miss him when he's not around. But when he is on screen, he's always polite, like, to a fault. Like, even with Helena, after their tryst, he doesn't say anything gross or, like, even sexual to her. He's just very polite and, like nicely wishes her yeah, a happy birthday and it's like her <laughs> like while he's still in the room dutchy comes by and is like fucking all dutchy to her and being like you old as shit helena <laughs> which is hilarious coming from well, Joan Collins. Some, i think that's got to be the joke some people are waiting uh some uh, wait staff are behind her who are dressed not scantily but i would still not call i mean it still looks like they're at a ballet school recital yeah, but. they have high, full ballet buns that have, like, very full bows in the back. And they're basically dressed, like, in Alice in Wonderland costumes. Like, yeah. blue A-line dresses with so. white aprons over them. But, again, 
it's such a step up from the previous three seasons that I'm happy just to see that everyone, you know, private parts third, are covered. Third secret better show that is not actually on the rails but hinted at. <laughs> the the musical that the that the staff of the palace is clearly putting on behind closed doors <laughs> with their nutcracker outfits and their Alice in Wonderland fucking Peter and the Wolf ass costumes. Robert wanted to, you know, he's like a Kennedy in more sense than his hair. He wants to fund the arts. So now all of his servants, it's like a servant internship for performance. All right. But uh, after- Rise! NBC's <laughs> rise! After, they even move in like a very uniform, like choreographed, coordinated way. But um, after Dutchie leaves, Sebastian's like, maybe your mother didn't say it, but I think you still look great, blah, 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 being very kind. And Elizabeth Hurley does look amazing. Like, obviously, she looks great for her age. I think that's kind of got to be part of the joke. And I wanted to say, I believe it's by her own choice, based on her social media accounts, where she often draws attention for wearing hilariously interesting costumes. She is wearing, like, either lingerie or, like, a fetish costume or a very low-cut gown in every single scene uh, in this episode. So I was just like, classic Helena, but it also feels like a commentary from Elizabeth Hurley on her age. And I have no problem with that. Like, that's cool. Like, she looks, she still looks amazing. And if she wants to show it off, good for her. Yeah. Um, And also they remind Helena that she has to give the Queen's birthday address at the end of the episode. Now, I don't think we see that. Maybe it'll be the start of the next episode. I think it cuts off as she's going to give her address. Yeah, they're talking about her going to give this balcony wave. I like, thought it would be the climax. Marie Antoinette addressing the mob that wants yeah. to kill I her. I assumed it would be the climax of the episode, but you do not see it. Um, they and don't they, have the budget. They mention it several times. Maybe it'll be the first thing we see in the next episode, but I kind of doubt it. This felt like a money-saving episode after the blackout episode. Uh, that makes sense. Anyway, um, so she's having her annual birthday dinner and everybody is bringing along their favorite beau to, to dinner. Guess who's coming to dinner? Uh, <laughs> that takes on double meaning because Sebastian does, is because coming to Robert dinner. Robert invites Sebastian to dinner. Why? As a friend. As, so there's Jasper is going. Uh, so let's just say Liam brings Catherine, which seems awkward. Um <laughs> Robert brings like Wilhelmina, which I don't know the degree to which the entire family knows they're an item, but... Uh, Only like Eleanor. Helena? Only Eleanor. Oh, okay. I thought Helena was somewhat aware, because she had told Helena I was the first one on the list. Oh, right. She just told Helena. Eleanor figured it out herself. Uh, but Liam doesn't know, and I think Willow used to have a thing for Liam, or maybe still does. Um, they almost kissed in a champagne pool while she was wearing a oh, yeah, corset right. on his birthday. You're being rude. Okay. <laughs> uh, but then there was a fire alarm. Anyway, um, well, that's what happened. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, uh, also, unsurprisingly, Jas uh, Eleanor is bringing Jasper. Great, great, great. Dutchie's bringing, um... Oh, Jasper's dad. Who's, uh, Count Bellagio? Count Bellagio. <laughs> Um, and they, like, very straight-facedly referred him as Count Bellagio. Even Jasper, through his lockjaw, will occasionally refer to him as Count Bellagio. So it's very funny. Um, Jasper also, before the dinner, is like, you were a shitty dad. You didn't even come to my spelling bee when I was in second grade. And his dad's like, yeah, maybe I was there. And Jasper's like, then tell me what word I missed. And his dad can't tell him. Jasper walks away. Seems like an unanswerable question. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so Jasper and uh, Eleanor arriving at the party see that Sebastian is there and their first response is Robert is trying to sabotage our marriage by having my platonic friend or sabotage our relationship. By having my platonic friend that I've never had any romantic feelings or interactions with come to this dinner, I guess? Uh, it's very weird because Eleanor has always been like, yeah, we're friends. There's never been anything between us. It's great. And then all of a sudden she's freaking out in a way More that feels so than like, Jasper. did you, I mean, obviously she didn't because she's obsessed with Jasper, but it seems like, did you have like an affair with this guy? You're absolutely hyperventilating over how he's going to steal you away from your boyfriend. Like mm -hmm. if you really love Jasper, you're not worried at all because you're like, oh, 
Sebastian's here. That's cool. I wish you guys would get along. And of course, he doesn't do anything like that. He doesn't attempt to be inappropriate towards Eleanor at any point. I feel like we really glossed over the fact that this episode starts in media oh, ray, right. though. So, and something happened that absolutely curled my hair. Before anything, I guess we should say, the first shot is actually of everybody at the dinner. They're arguing. Yelling over each other and fighting. Helena sits up and says, like, says to Robert, like, you're being rude or you should know your place. And... From the other side of the table, they're both at the opposite heads a, of a table. It's a long table to accommodate all the characters. This might be the cover photo on our Facebook page if you want to see it right now. Um, she throws her wine towards Robert from the other side of the table. It's like an, if 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 wine throwing was an Olympic sport. <laughs> It'd be javelin. Uh, yeah, fucking Helena would rock that shit. She would be the representative from the United Kingdom. And uh, <laughs> while the wine is halfway across the table. And it looks so fake. It looks so CGI. Uh, it's marginally better than the freeze uh, frame effect in uh, Troll 2, but otherwise not much to say for it. Niche. Um, but it freezes. Everything freezes. And there is no record scratch, but there's kind of a record <laughs> scratch when Liam stands up and says, How did we get here, you ask? <laughs> so... Everyone is frozen except for Liam, who's smiling for the first time all season. He has Zach Morris powers. William Mosley gets to move his face to do a Zach Morris Saved by the Bell timeout. And adding insult to my injury, not only is he breaking the fourth wall, staring dead into the camera, but he takes his glass. And scoops up a little bit of that wine with it. He scoops up some of the frozen wine before the before it starts back up again. He's very like... It's a long story, but it's a good story. Spoiler alert, it's not. Nothing happens up to that point in the episode. So this effect has never happened before. I, I imagine it will never happen again. It brings on a lot of questions of what the viewer is supposed to believe. Did this... Did Liam freeze time momentarily? Um, in the canonical reality of the show, assumedly not, but why the fuck is this in here? <laughs> I feel like an angry conservative pundit, like, screaming into a mic. This scene has me so fired up. Speaking of things that uh, never happened before, never happened again, you may remember last uh, week the intro had a Scottish accent because, in fact, it was from the play Macbeth. Uh, we were like, well, I wonder what future episodes, if they'll all be from different plays. Yeah, are they diverting or... from Hamlet? No, uh, Hamlet this time. I looked it up. Hamlet for the next, for all the ones that have been announced so far. So <laughs> Just one random Macbeth title. I'm starting to become like a conspiracy theorist. I believe someone connected to the show is listening to Stage of Fools, trying to send some sort of a smoke signal to us because... Why is this happening? But we soldier on. There's nothing else to say about the freeze frame. Like, nothing like that has ever happened, will ever happen again. Liam is not a puckish figure. If anyone should be doing a freeze frame, it should be Sarah Alice. Yeah, I guess. But I, I guess... With her hands that can move in and out and passage past time. Actually, of the ad of the adult characters, if they need somebody to like, who's, uh, no offense to Sarah Alice, but she is a very small child, if they need somebody who can relate this dialogue a little more She'll hear you. effectively, um, I would say probably Eleanor would be the person you would go to. I was going to say Cyrus, but I mean, he's not in this scene. Cyrus is not in this scene. But in terms of a character who could believably break the fourth wall, yeah, it's definitely not Liam. And it's really weird. I mean, Eleanor did... Eleanor has a different magic power in that she can create Christmas time dance routines. Oh, yeah. She can cause musical numbers to happen. Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, so everyone's bringing their date. I guess Liam doesn't tell Robert that he's bringing Catherine to this dinner specifically, but Robert did tell him that he was okay with their relationship last time. Yeah. Robert was like, repair it. If you can destroy it, you can repair it. And I could see the entire whites of his eyes. So, uh... But before this, don't Willow and Robert discuss, like, whether or not she'll become engaged to him? And then... Maybe. She I decides guess. that she will. Uh, does that happen on screen? I thought that was... She says maybe last episode. I feel like this episode, they talk about it and he's like, you're the woman I'm 
hoping to spend the rest of my life with. Oh, blah, there is blah, a blah. scene where they talk about and then that. Yeah. Finally, she's like, "You're so good to me," because he gave her two presents, uh, and she agrees to marry him. And she's coming to the queen's dinner in a very fancy dress. And they're going to announce it to his family. I think. I don't know if they showed the proposal on screen. I think the reveal that they're engaged is during. But, um. Well, he proposed and she told him maybe. But she he proposed last episode. Yeah. I think. The, but I think the reveal that, they, that she is accepting is during the dinner itself. Oh, okay. That makes sense. It was revealed to the audience at the same time as the family. I didn't get that. There is a very lovey-dovey scene between the two of them with the whole you're so good to me thing. Again, two presents. Uh, anyway. Um, so... Yada, yada, yada. Uh, dinner starts. Um, about four seconds into dinner, Eleanor starts sniping at Robert for inviting Sebastian. Like, literally, Robert has a nice little toast where he's like, I love my mom and my family, and I'm glad we're all here. Yeah. She leads us with grace, and we always look to her for guidance. I wouldn't be able to do without your mom. And then Eleanor is like, that's all well and good, but you fucking invited Sebastian. No, she goes, let's do a toast to, like, accepting people's relationships. She's incredibly passive-aggressive about it, but also with very awkward phrasing. And the secondhand discomfort is just rolling off the screen in waves and crashing upon me. And uh, it descends quickly into everybody sniping everybody else's problems. Uh... Like, Duchy accuses somebody else of being inappropriate, and I think Liam or Eleanor responds with, better than killing somebody or something like that. Yeah, it's all, like, really low blows. I believe somewhere in this exchange, someone makes a snipe to, like, Eleanor and Jasper about who drugged who, and Eleanor oh. goes, he drugged me? Okay, so that's, I know who, yeah. So We have to, we talk, have to talk about, about that. Because Zach and I have been wrestling with this since the first season, since before we were together, trying to get through this incredibly unpleasant sexual consent talk. Uh, let's, just before we dig into that comment, the person who asks who drugged who is the crown prince of Liechtenstein. Oh my god, how could we forget about him? So... Uh, there, that show that Helena, uh, Helena liked last season. It's like. Royal and spoiled. Like young and royal. Yeah. Like there's some reality show based on the crown prince of Liechtenstein who's played by, uh, Elizabeth Hurley's real son. Yes. And he's a very handsome boy who cannot act. Uh, the show that he's on, like the show within the show is sort of a Bravo style show, almost reminiscent of like the Kroll show style spoofs. And he has this manservant named Gunther, and he's always yelling like Gunther. And uh, for her birthday, because she's such a fan of the show, earlier in the episode we actually see her watching a little bit of it. Um, no, that's in the previously ons. And uh, so we had an idea that this character might come back. They get the Crown Prince of Liechtenstein himself to come to the royal dinner. And all he does is, like, kind of ask questions. He doesn't really do much. I feel like there's a couple throwaway lines, but... He gives Helena a pep talk at the end where he tells her she's the mother of the country. And then he looks dead into his mother's eyes and goes, Happy birthday, mom. And it's like, ah, because he's her real son, which you can easily tell because they look so much alike. So it's more of, like... Again, we've talked a lot before on this podcast about how there are a lot of, like, Victory Lab guest appearances repeating this season, and he's definitely one, like, they ha- they're they having him on because he's Elizabeth Hurley's son, not because Hans, or whatever his name is, needs to be around to yeah. move the story forward. So he appears in blah blah blah, and he's just around, uh, and yelling at Gunther occasionally, and blah blah blah. And they, like, insert inappropriate questions about people's sexual congress at various points. Uh... But anyway, yeah, so at this point in the show, Eleanor and Jasper, we thought during season three, kind of the beginning, when the book writing stuff was happening, and maybe a little before that, that it seemed like they were moving on to a place where Eleanor and Jasper had a functional relationship and were pretty happy and blah, blah, blah. This season, it seems even more clear that that is true. They're not keeping the relationship private from everybody, and... In terms of keeping secrets, like when Jasper's dad showed up, they shared with each other immediately. Like, 
This is a functional, happy relationship. They've been on nothing but the same page for this entire season. So to bring up the first season drugging aspect, at this point where you're supposed where they're like the ideal couple of the show is just baffling to me because the show is seems to have tried so hard to distance itself from that storyline which if you don't remember uh jasper the first night he met eleanor drugged her made her believe that he had date raped her although it was no, just say raped i mean if someone yeah is okay that he had raped her and uh that there was footage of it that he used to blackmail her blackmail her um so yeah, he basically drugged and gaslighted her into believing that he she had been raped and was being blackmailed by a video. And telling someone like I raped you while you were unconscious is only a few steps below actually raping them. Like it is a horrific that was a horrific thing to do to someone. But I don't know that the show has ever realized just how serious a thing that is it feels like they kind of tried to do takesies backsies at one point and we thought like oh maybe they're retconning it and they'll just never bring it up again and that never happened but they consistently bring it up and always in like an almost playful slash jokey bantery waves like do you understand how serious drugging someone and then either raping them or telling them you raped them is it feels like especially because the show is led by mark schwan who as we've discussed was one of the guys caught up in the whole hashtag me too thing i'm sure deservedly it really feels like the show has people working for it who not understand how dire this is um yeah i mean i think the last time they brought it up was sometime in season three and it was a scene where they were talking to sarah alice if i'm not mistaken um oh yeah that was horrible god uh but i mean like they have that it's a one-off line like they don't dig into it but it's just bizarre that you would think that at this point especially that would be just trying to run away from that and forget it ever happened as much as possible and the fact that they ever bring it up is so odd uh, I don't know. There's nothing more we can say. And I mean, we've always done our best to address it head on and not, you know, brush it under the rug the way the show does. But it's also an incredibly unpleasant subject and beat a dead horse so much. I mean, hopefully that's the last time it'll ever be referenced. But we've said that before. So knock on wood. Um, I think let's get into, uh, the two big couples, I guess, at the dinner, which is, uh, Willow and Robert and Whoa. Catherine and Liam. Yeah, uh, I, I guess, um, well, I, I think, so I do want to say briefly, just to wrap this kind of, to put a button on this kind of two beat, um, Dutchie leaves offended at oh, being yeah. accused of murder and Count Bellagio is like, I do have my regrets. I was not a good father to my son. He was in the spelling bee. And the second grade, I went to the back so not to be seen. Because he would be so ashamed of his, uh, count, papa. And uh, I do not recall the word which he loses on. Oh, wait, it is unanswerable. And, and you can tell from Jasper's face that unanswerable <laughs> was the word that he misspelled in the spelling bee. Tom Austin's face is like a rictus of trying to hold back tears. So that was definitely it. His dad was a secretly good dad all along. Or was he? Well, I, Jasper, I, to his credit, Jasper does talk to him later. And he's like, just because you're at my second grade fucking spelling bee doesn't mean you were a good dad. Like, yeah, there was still, still a bunch emotionally of other shit. Me. I don't know. What the fuck happens with Catherine? Catherine doesn't do shit at this dinner, which is what I would do. But like, <laughs> she just sits there and is like, I am not getting involved in any of this shit. Yeah, she just sits back silently. Robert and Willow both seem incredibly uncomfortable to have her there, which makes sense. But Liam is putting forth like a good faith effort to get along with his family. He says he's very proud of both his brother and his sister. Um, Anne has nice things to say to Helena, too, which Helena has put up with a lot of his bullshit lately, so that all seems in order. Yeah, he's making up for 
They briefly reference how he recently pulled a gun on his brother. Oh, yeah. Robert's like, I haven't been that surprised since you pulled a gun on me. <laughs> it's uh, really weird. Liam seems to be trying to, like, turn the boat around after he became, like, Anakin Skywalker and Osiris' <laughs> Darth Sidious. Um, and ultimately, like, there's a little bit of tension about Catherine, but it seems like everybody's cool with it at the end of the day. Well, Robert and Catherine have an encounter, yeah. Have an encounter after the dinner. At the dinner, after Helena throws the glass of wine at Robert, he angrily announces that he and Willow have decided to get married and then storms out. Willow flashes the ring With awkwardly. The most pathetic puppy dog look on her face, like literally her lower lip hanging out, like. Oh, you guys, you spoiled my engagement announcement. Oh, man. Um, And after the dinner, once everyone has dispersed, uh, Catherine is leaving and she and Robert cross paths in the hallway. And Robert says, like, hey, those things I said to you in the heat of anger were inexcusable and you didn't deserve that. No one deserves that. I shouldn't have treated you that way. You don't ever have to forgive me, but I just want you to know that I'm really sorry. And it's pretty much like a toe-to-tip, decent apology for calling someone a slut or a whore. I don't remember what she called her, but you know what I mean. Either way, something very bad. And she plays it really cool. She's just like, I, cool, and walks away. She's not like fawning over his apology. She's not, yeah, she's just like, yeah, that'll do it. So it she seems walks like away, that's But he, fun. from his face is clearly not over her. And by the time this episode is over, Robert has like three love interests. And I, I guess know. my question is, I don't know why? about the Catherine one. Like, I just, that no, seems like too many there. irons in the fire. It's, it's there. Trust me. I know how this show operates and we've seen this sort of thing happen before. Here's what I think. This show is going to do a flipsies flopsy with the two girls and the two brothers. That would make sense. That is going to happen. It's complicated by the third <laughs> love Based interest. Based on Cassandra, the fucking seer who appears later yes, in this my episode. my theory is... It's going to be incredibly insulting because these two have been like swapping partners the entire time back and forth. Basically on their whims, the women have no agency. But it's going to be a flip-flop. Uh, okay. Well, be that as it may. Um, that's... I don't know. Like everything, uh, ultimately everything else seems fine. Every- Sebastian and Helena uh, meet up after dinner too. And Sebastian's like, hey, want to go uh, go again? <laughs> and uh, Helena's initially resistant, but ultimately she's like, fuck it. It's my birthday, I think. So uh, they have sex again near a window in a very public seeming room. Which is maybe not the smartest idea, but whatever. Um, Dutchie ultimately walks in on her handcuff to one of the posts of her bed in one of the old maid outfits from the Cyrus days. But that was earlier in the episode. Oh, okay. And so Dutchie is aware that she even, and she also finds Sebastian in like the secret compartment. So she's aware, but I don't think it's going to matter. Um, regardless, uh, what. When Robert finishes with dinner, he returns to his room and finds, I think first he finds uh, a lingerie clad Cassandra, who I now believe personally to be named after Cassandra of Troy from Greek mythology, the woman who spoke only the truth, but no one believed her. (laughs) And the fact that we're going there with this show, which is on the E! television network, Makes me laugh, but there actually is substantive proof to back him up here. Because all she does in her scene is like kind of... Okay, so initially, this is... We're going to continue to talk about this after the episode. Because the second uh, he walked into the room, Shannon was like, of course. Because she was looking, naturally, for like, okay, where's the evil thing that Robert is doing this whole time? But no, Robert says... I'm not interested in you. I'm an engaged man now. Yes, and he repeatedly, forcefully rejects her sexual advances. Like, isn't even giving in to her in the slightest. I thought that she was sitting there in lingerie because he had set up a tryst with her. Incorrect, yeah. She she got past the notoriously shitty guards at this palace. And everyone is obsessed with her. Like, all the journalists, all the guards, all the servants, they probably just like, hey, Miss Cassandra, come on in. Um, but... So instead of, so while they don't, uh, you know, uh, do anything sexual, what does happen is 
she spends the entire scene saying what is fucking true in the world. While getting dressed very slowly, because of course the show loves to pander to the male gaze. So as before, she's wearing the complete like full on lingerie and is just getting dressed incredibly slowly, even though she could be doing the same scene completely close. I mean, that's almost a given at this point. But I remember the last thing she said. I don't remember a lot of the earlier stuff. She's like, uh, you and your brother don't get along. Probably a fight over a girl. Uh, you don't like your sister being with the bodyguard. You don't like the bodyguard. Right, you don't like it when people are with uh, commoners. Your family is with commoners. Yeah, and then finally she's like, and Willow is the one you're engaged to. So she knows that on based on guessing. And she's like, and I know based on one fucking conversation I had, she's not in love with you. I don't know if she's the girl that you and your brother are fighting over, but she's not in love with you. And maybe she's in love with him. And I was shouting at the TV at this point. That's not exactly what she says. She implies that Willow is like playing Robert like she's fucking Littlefinger. Which she's absolutely not because Willow is like perhaps the innocent of this show, at least within the palace. I mean, Catherine is very, very innocent the way a piece of Wonder Bread is innocent. But Willow has shown absolutely no duplicity or anything but pure earnestness at any time. On TV, she's like crying in interviews like, Robert will be the greatest leader this country has ever seen. Well, I don't know. She like implies that even those speeches, I I feel like the implication is that even those online like crying uh, how great Robert's going to be speeches were like performative to draw him in is maybe what she's implying. I think there could be truth to the idea that Willow is more in love with the idea of like a princessy queen than she is of being with Robert specifically. But when she's like, you're so good to me, like, I love being with you, blah, blah, blah. I think all of that is real. Yeah. Well, regardless, I don't know. It's implied that Cassandra implies that Willow has the real power in the relationship and not Robert in in any case. And I suspect it's true because fucking Cassandra knows everything immediately. She's a seer. She's never seen Willow and Liam together and she's never discussed Liam with Willow. And actually when she hung out with Willow, Willow was acting extremely jealous and protective of Robert. But she somehow knows and or believes that Willow is in love with Liam. Okay. Okay. I mean, she's never never met anybody in the family except for Robert. They're just trying to justify the fact that they're going to pull an incredibly insulting switcheroo on Oh, she also says that some night Robert will come crawling back to her and they'll have their affair or whatever. Um, Anyways. Robert seems devastated by all of this. He doesn't scorn her at all. He's not, like, scornful of it at all. He sits there and, like, really takes it in. Uh. Um, so leaving Robert and Cassandra there for now, or Robert, I should say, by himself staring into the flames, uh, Jasper catches up with his dad down in the tunnels, and they have the whole conversation where Jasper's like, just because you were at my spelling me doesn't mean you didn't emotionally abuse me but they sort of half reconcile until his dad reveals to him well jasper tells his dad and have this problem i think i know who tried to shoot me because as james hill said ballistics revealed that That they were aiming at jasper they did not explain how ballistics revealed that the bullet was not intended for the king but intended for jasper again not a thing But um, Jasper says, I think Robert tried to have me assassinated. And then his dad very cheerfully and lightheartedly is like, no, kid, I'm the one who shot you. And says he intentionally shot him and barely missed his heart by like a fucking inch. He said, yeah, Jasper's like, you missed my heart by an inch. And he was like. I missed your, I meant to miss it by two inches, but I left my glasses in the car. Yeah, he's so nonchalant. Like, it's unbelievable. It would be terrifying in another context. But he's like, I figured I had to make up for your shitty childhood or whatever. Or selling the, the story to that reporter last year. So what I did was I said, I can make my son a national hero by having him take a bullet for the king. And that'll help him get the, the clout he needs to make his relationship with the princess public. 
and my long con worked perfectly. And this is the part where he dra- he drops the term Jaspinor, which is the ship name for them, if you did not know. If you're not on Tumblr. Um, yeah, so he did it. So, so we're thinking at this point, <laughs> at this point we're watching and we're saying, okay, so what happened probably is Robert hired him to do this thing. So that's our working theory. Scene, maybe one or two scenes later, there might be like a cut to Cyrus or something. Doesn't matter. Uh, Robert walks into his office, who's sitting behind the desk, sitting in his chair, drinking his whiskey. But Count Bellagio himself now talking in an American accent. And Robert already knew it was him. He's like, I called you last year to get you to leak that story to no, the no, journalist. No, no, he doesn't. He's never seen it before. Because, but when he starts talking in American accent, he says, and you must be Jasper's oh, father. Oh, okay. That makes sense. I'm sorry, you guys. This was an extremely convoluted episode. And as you can tell, we're only really untangling it now but on the air. It is true that... Robert called him last year and gave him the story about Jasper and Eleanor to leak to the press with the intention of, you know, torpedoing their relationship. That is true. However, it is not true that (laughs) Robert had fuck all to do with the assassination attempt at Jasper. Despite all the ominous warnings, it's pretty clear from this conversation that Robert does not know about that. What the fuck is going on? What the fuck is going on, you guys? Is he evil or not? I feel like the show no. has no idea. And then, and then so uh, Count Bellagio slash Jasper's dad is like, and now I have information on you. I know you were the one who leaked that story. And I could let that leak to the press. I could, I could tell them your secrets unless you play ball with me. Exactly what that means, I don't know. Money? There's something in this scene, and I can't remember exactly what it is, that makes me think that um, his shooting of, like, that this is an ongoing con. And I I, I get the impression that him shooting Jasper somehow plays into the bigger con and was not, in fact, an effort to pay back his son for being a shitty father. That's the impression that I get. He's still a shitty father. Yeah, Yeah. so I, I, I get the impression that that... That was a lie he told Jasper. He shot him for a different reason. He made him famous for a different reason. But um, maybe to ingratiate himself in some way, or I don't know. But we'll see. That hasn't been totally revealed. So here we are. That's basically the episode. Eleanor is about to go out to the balcony and it cuts before her speech. Helena. Helena, yeah. I think, but I, I just have to say, this honestly throws so many of Robert's past actions into doubt. It does. Like, with I, Catherine, I, was he just speaking in the heat of anger because he found out that his long-term girlfriend was cheating on him with his sister? So With Simon, was he really just stranded on an island? Yeah, so, um, all right. Um, okay, this is the, this is the main thing I want to talk <laughs> about. Uh, briefly, before I forget, I also want to mention there is a brief moment that reminded me of something I used to like about this show where after dinner, Liam and Eleanor go out to that Mm -hmm. outdoor area and they get that little box with the pot in it and they smoke some weed together and they're just brother and sister, which is a thing we haven't seen in a long time. And was a strong aspect of, especially the er the first season of this show. And I'm that scene reminded me of their connection. And I'm glad it was. Yeah. He ditched her for his friendship with Jasper in the second season, but in the first season they had a really fun sibling relationship. But so at this point, it seems to be the case that the show is heavily implied that Robert, as far as we're aware, had zero to do with Simon's death. Every piece of evidence that points to him being involved in that has been shredded and torn away and has not been brought up since that time. Booned, as we say in the biz. Yeah. The Royals biz. Nothing to do with Jasper's assassination attempt. That theory was killed tonight on this yeah, episode. Yeah, that's certain unless the show makes a reversal that makes no sense, which the show could, could also do. do. But it seems at this point he's not involved in that at all. It seems like the thing he did to Catherine was indeed just him being angry that she had gone to his brother yes. and was sleeping, sleeping with, brother. with her one time when he really should not have yes it seemed like it was a momentary bit of anger <laughs> it seemed like it was born out of anger and not pure malice or yeah. sociopathy so <laughs> but it is also clear that robert organized the blackout in order to 
remove democracy from the United Kingdom. This is what I'm saying. Robert is bad in a different way. He's not bad because of who he is as a human with his relationships. He's bad because of his politics. He's right. A, he so, has bad, like, philosophical ideas about how the world should be run. That's why he's such a problem with Eleanor and Jasper. Like, he really believes that royals have the right to rule. They are different and perhaps better than commoners. I mean, not perhaps better. Right. They are better. Or they at least shouldn't mix. So, in as much as it seemed like for a long time, the point was Robert was going to be the arch villain of the at least this season, if not the entire show. That is clearly not the case to me. Now he's somewhat flawed, but fundamentally a good person? I don't know how they come back from this, because they've made Cyrus a good person, Liam has to be a good person, they made Helena a good person, now they're making Robert a good person. It's like, even Dutchie says she didn't mean to kill Dominique. Everyone has to be a good guy in the end. Yeah. Even the Count Bellagio, Jasper's dad, is like, came to your spelling bee. So I guess they're trying to offset the antagonist role, my best guess, is to Jasper's dad. But they built up Robert and 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 <laughs> let's 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 think about this from two perspectives. The perspective of the television show and the perspective of the real world, okay? In the perspective of the real world, if Cyrus and then Robert had become king, and I was just some average guy, me myself, reading about this fucking crazy royal family in the paper every morning, I would think that Cyrus was a shitty king. I would think Robert was fucking worse. I would think Robert was on his way to becoming a dictator. I would agree. I would think that Robert is trying to turn the United Kingdom into a fucking dictatorship. I would think he was one of the most dangerous people on the planet Earth. In the narrative of the show, Robert is miles better than Cyrus. And the fact that he dissolved the parliament is not really a big deal. That's because the show thinks the people of England have the mentality of the peasants from Robin Hood. And there are literal Robin Hood references in this episode because uh, Eleanor reveals to Jasper that she's been continuing to give stuff away to the people who write her letters. And now she's considered like the Robin Hood of London. So we didn't even have time to get into that, but it's pointless and it's nothing it to do with anything. She tells Jasper that she's been sneaking out to give people... Uh, gifts, which is good because it shows that they're open with each other and that's not going to become a point of false bullshit conflict, which I appreciate. But... Lol, roofies. But um, <laughs> they spent the entirety of season three building up to this huge twist, this reveal that they had baked in the entire time that it turns out Robert's bad. And then in like, season four... Not just bad, the bad seed, bad since childhood. They did flashbacks showing yeah. him as a little boy or he was like a bad little boy. And then season four, all they've done is piece by piece be like, well, no, he didn't actually have anything to do with Simon's. No, he didn't actually do anything with the Jaspers. No, uh, actually, that Catherine thing, that was he was just upset. And he really loves Willow and he'd never cheat on her. It's true. It's not love. a political game. Yeah, it's he actually just wants love. love. He's always and, and, wanted love. No, he's not going to have an affair with that woman because he's too pure and good hearted. What the f- except also we're going to throw in this part where he organizes a blackout and ends democracy. What the fuck is going on with this character? What the fuck is going on with this show? I mean, walk away, Royals writers. You are drunk. I'm drunk on watching it. So and it's been two days. I do believe at this point we're supposed to think of Robert sympathetically as viewers. Why? What is the purpose of this? I don't know. The but, purpose of this is that nothing matters to this show except attractive people kissing each other. And they can't do the romantic storylines they want to do if Robert is pure evil. That's honestly what it, I think it will come down to. I'm not That's probably true. That, but, but that is what the demographic is. This is the guy who created One Tree Hill. I, I don't have anything else to say about it. <laughs> like, do you understand, listener, what the... Why we are so... After Our hands are in the air. You can't see, but we are know. up why, in arms why? They, they made, they crafted this storyline with this character. And then they were just like, no. Jenga. Like fucking, we decided not to after we spent a year and a half making this thing. Maybe they just fell in love with Max Brown. Now we have four episodes the to do a different Robert. thing. Yeah, they only have four episodes left. I forgot. Oh my gosh. Well, we're going to, we'll get back to this next week, I'm sure, because this issue isn't going to just lay down and die. 
Um, and fucking by the end of next week's episode, it could be like, actually, Robert killed 25 fucking people. No, actually, Simon's alive. Yeah. And Ted Price was reassembled by the mob. He's a Frankenstein man now, so but he is alive. Maybe this conversation will be fucking pointless next week when it's revealed that actually fucking Robert is a time traveling Jack the Ripper. But and also Ophelia is back and Robert's in love with her and now he has four lovings. But we'll see. Um, Favorite moment or image? Uh, There's flashier moments, but actually, you know what? I will go with... The brief moment of Liam and Eleanor in that little area they haven't been into in a long time, that outdoor area where they keep their weed in the little tin box and smoking together because it honestly did remind me of something I miss and really liked in the early seasons of this show, which is them just being brother and sister and being very there for each other and very supportive. And that set hasn't been used in a long time. And the last time it was used, it was used also for like familial, like really calm moments of familial like support. And so just seeing that kind of flash me back to some stuff I really liked about this show when maybe was it more of a mess? Was it less of a mess? I don't know. But (laughs) it was an aspect of that mess that doesn't show up very much anymore. Maybe they threw that part of the mess away. This was honestly a tough episode for me because it had some of my least favorite things in it. Um, so I'd probably say I have the same favorite moment just because there were so few to choose from. I always do like seeing Sebastian, I guess, because he's like the only man who's allowed to be a sexual character who's not an utter predator. Um, oh yeah, he had a red velvet jacket, which Zach and I both have red velvet, like dark burgundy velvet blazers like that, so that was cool. I think Dutchie confused him for the help in one scene. Oh, that was the closest thing the show has ever done to an actual commentary on their own messed up racial politics, because Dutchie definitely thinks that Sebastian, the only character of color, is a waiter, which was like whoa um but i was gonna say when willow holds up her engagement ring with the saddest most hangdog most sarah alice-esque expression on her face in terms of a moment of humor obviously liam zach morris moment made the top of my skull pop off my head so that steam could get out uh yeah i think that's gonna do it for this week i don't fucking know we covered (laughs) it we covered it from top to bottom and i feel like yeah, there's still probably a couple things we missed because this was a dense one in terms of like weird character uh, details. Of, yeah, but a conversation that's not going to really matter in the long run. The heart of the matter is Robert. He is going to be the character to watch. Definitely the character I'm most excited to see what happens with. Yeah, uh, I guess that, that's going to wrap it up for us. So I've been Zach <laughs> Powers. I don't know if I'm still Shannon Camp. Okay, goodbye, everybody. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>